0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Trisha Jean. Trisha is a 16-year-old entrepreneur who launched a global brand called Teach Her Day. This 501c3 nonprofit allows children in rural areas a free STEM education, and she's partnered with Google and Microsoft to extend the nonprofit's reach to over eight countries now. Their goal to promote change and communication in undeveloped, neglected, and isolated areas. Trisha is an example of the Gen Z youth movement that is going to help brands better leverage corporate philanthropy to appeal to targeted consumers by making a difference. Today, Trisha and I are going to be chatting about how you can start a nonprofit to spread knowledge no matter your age and what it takes to bring your passion to life. We'll learn what works from Trisha's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some people just miss the mark. Trisha, welcome. So happy to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am so excited to be here to interview you. So for our listeners, Trisha is not one of our normal guests who typically would come on. She took it upon herself while doing some research to reach out to our agency and podcast. She stumbled upon us and she submitted herself to be on the podcast for an interview. And our team said, yes. So welcome. What I'd love to do is start off by having you give everyone a little background on who you are and how you came to want to start a nonprofit. So,
0: hello, as you said prior, my name is Trisha Jha. I'm a 16 year old, a junior Jordan High School. Personally, I've always thought volunteering is everything. Whether it's a smile at the door, somebody just asking you about your day, or donating a book, volunteering can touch hearts. Based on this, I actually started teaching sixth grade. I was going through a nonprofit named Bakeback Back America. They saw my talent in seventh and eighth grade. I started hosting classes there. They had a small group of five to six students, which I became really, really, really close with. I still contact them today just for ideas, beliefs, because like I said before, I'm in Gen Z and I do believe that kids, including myself, we are the future and we have so many different ideas. After that, I started ninth to 10th grade my own finance program, which is now running in Duke, WashU and a few other big name colleges. Basically, as you could see, I have a lot of teaching experience. Ironically, that's not the thing that made me start a nonprofit, what most of you would believe. I actually went and I visited India for some time It was in the summer and I saw a girl get assaulted from her father. She was getting groomed for marriage and she was 11 years old. She is only a little bit older than my younger sister which is absolutely heartbreaking because I can't imagine my sister getting married off. It was a very hard subject and she was our sweeper's daughter. So what happened in this case was I actually talked to their parents. I was asking why is she doing a child marriage and they said that they don't have the money to get her mandated books. It was 700 rupiah, which right now in U.S. dollars, I would say is eight dollars. That is how much of a difference. One dollar. Or even now, in this case, $8 could have saved her life. She got married off. Or she would have. And I'm glad to say that that case and scenario did not happen. I wanted and I actually started a whole kit program that was to create the mandated math books that she needed and some stationaries, And I gave it to her just as a gift. And then later on, I realized that this occurred so much when I came back in the United States. I started talking to my friends about it and they told me really, really horrible stories of their cousins. They got married off at such a young age. While well, in the United States, kids here, we are tensed about studies, education, taking tests. I could say tomorrow I have three tests, two quizzes, but at least I could say I have an education. One of my friends in India, she's married, she has one child and she's not in school. Based on this scenario and my teaching experience that I listed on prior, I decided that that's pathetic. Very sorry to say it and I have to use that word, but it doesn't make sense. From this, I started teacher today. That's why there's actually, if you spell it out, it's T-E-A-C-H space, H-E-R and then today. Now we're able to create kits, which we're able to donate, we've expanded not only to the mandated math textbooks, we've expanded to science as well as still our beautiful stationeries. We are working with villages at the current moment to make sure we can distribute. And we also have a tutoring program and we have magazines that talk and show that women education only women education, just people and children in the rural area in general, it's still an issue. And it is, believe it or not, the 21st century. You would think that this would happen in medieval times, but sadly doesn't.
1: So how, when you came back and you heard that, you know, this has happened to friends, family members and the like, how did you actually take action to start making your dream of helping more people than the one, one, one girl that you were able to help come true. What were your first steps?
0: So th- my first step was actually quite surprising. Obviously I reached out to so many different types of people. Not only did I reach out to my friends, I started a whole platform on Discord, which is a very, very great tool for any business if they want to spread anything out, especially to high schoolers. First time on Discord, I remember my friends, they were showing me how to use everything, Mm -hmm. which I admit, I am not a very social media inclined person. So I went on, I used Discord and I contacted and just talked about this issue. Mm -hmm. I wrote a full essay about the problems and I needed an idea of how to fix it. Then I realized that I got a lot of emojis. There is a reaction on Discord, which I did not know how to use until a few months later. Very silly, I am very aware. Quite embarrassing, really, but it's it's fine. <laughs> so right from then, I got over 100 to 200 just emojis and people started contacting me, mm-hmm. saying that, are you going to be starting a movement? And I was like, that is an amazing idea. I was part of the New York Academy of Sciences, which is a science academy, but I started posting on our discussion boards, and then so many professors they came out and they supported me, saying that this is a humongous problem. And then they actually allowed me to go through a contact named Hack Plus, which is an incubator program. If anybody wants to start a 501c3 nonprofit and just Wants to make sure their idea works, Hackplus is a uh, 100% a great platform because they're willing, first they'll hear your pitch, their ideas. If they don't like it or if they think that's underdeveloped, they'll give you feedback and they'll ask you to submit again in a few months. Luckily they liked my idea first and they said that we would love to sign you on. Once I got signed on, I got their 501c3 status, and I was able to make a volunteering build base. And there has been a ton of hiccups along the way. I started with six founders. I'm the only founder left.
1: Okay, that if, happens a lot of times. That's okay.
0: Yes. If you ever start a nonprofit, especially if you are a teenager, adolescent, understand that There's going to be so many issues, whether it's going to be based on people talking about how young you are. on my Google onboarding call, literally one of the managers there, they talked about and said that there's probably an age restriction with certain courses that I'm not allowed to give to my volunteers. There's going to be issues based on time commitment because we are high schoolers. We have our own job of going to school which we are very fortunate to do, but can also get in the way of our hobbies and extracurriculars and we need to control that. And then there is volunteering based things So you'll need to contact your schools. And most importantly, you need to have a place that you can trust. You need to have people and friends and family who can support you. So if I would ever have to say the steps to start a nonprofit, first thing I would have said to everybody, and ironically, five other people, five other teams have built their own nonprofit. So I can say that this has worked. First, is just test your idea before you try to legalize anything or go head first. Just think: Do you are you passionate about this problem, or are you trying to put this on your college resume? I've asked that to so many people. Whoever agreed to college resume, they didn't last even two weeks. So try to be passionate about it. Second thing is now you have said that, yes, you're passionate about it, make an action plan. How are you going to try to make this a real thing? How are you going to make it into a thing that you can brand? How are you able to advertise this? Make it into a one minute elevator pitch and try selling it to yourself in the mirror, which I have done countless times, but it works you're able to persuade yourself you should be able to persuade others
1: and then more importantly there you practiced and I think that's the part that it's not just persuading yourself you actually took the time to hone your pitch and figure and hear where you might stumble like even on this podcast like I want to hone what's written that I'm going to say about someone's bio before I just come out and say it and if you don't practice it, you're not going to get it right. And so you're working on creating uh, expertise But when you do that. Absolutely,
0: yes. If you are going to stumble or hesitate or stutter, it does show lack of confidence. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is and hard if you're a
0: kid. 100% yes. Mm-hmm. Like I can say honestly right now, I'm one of the most terrified in my life. Hopefully you're not able to tell because I'm not stuttering. I'm not mumbling. It's my first time on a podcast and I'm learning as I go.
1: That's well, some something- good news is, I'm going to interrupt you right now. You're yes. doing excellent. First of all, no one in our listener base is thinking that you're nervous at all. You look so calm, so cool, so collected. And again, this is not live television. This is great because, you know, someone can always edit if there's ever an issue. So mm-hmm. you're doing good.
0: I'm glad that I was actually one of the examples considering I sort of might've practiced before I got here. I can tell. Yes.
1: So there are more prepared than I think most of our adult guests ever have been.
0: I am very glad because I um, honestly, I know you'll have to edit this part out, but um, I prepared on corporate philanthropy, not how to make you a nonprofit. But yeah. I can talk about both because but we
1: can go in and talk about both, too. And that's fine. Yeah. So right now, though, let's just talk about like your expertise, like your experience in doing what you've done, like you're sharing great and everything that you're saying, you know, I said a moment ago, oh, you know, it's hard if you stumble as a kid. It's hard if you stumble as an adult. You just have more barriers in front of you because people are expecting kids to fail. That is the reality. They're not thinking that you're going to be this poised, confident young woman who is actually more well-versed than the person might be who you're speaking to.
0: I'm glad you think that. And yes, that is true. There are so many barriers. And one thing that I would like to reach out and talk about if anybody ever wants to start a nonprofit is that there are barriers. Most people don't believe that. It's quite scary because I, personally, I started making a nonprofit. This is my third time, third attempt. I haven't given up at all. And I know that there are millions of obstacles, whether it's going to be on funding, whether it's going to be trying to get a volunteering base, trying to get your name out and age, I applied to this podcast and I was so sure I'll get rejected because of my age. And that is something that's very sad, but it's very important to hear. Because there are going to be people, if you're an adolescent, there's going to be people who won't take you seriously. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I have had so many partners that I've walked into first time meeting them. I can tell that they haven't practiced, they haven't prepared, they don't know what they're going to say to me. And I personally have spent months preparing, writing a patch deck, pitch deck, my mistake. And-
1: I don't know, a patch deck might be more
0: fun. <laughs> yes. Pear Deck, patch deck, Canva. Great, great, great slideshows. But That's... yes. So whenever you're making a nonprofit, never go straight to filing. And once you do, you have to understand you have to be able to raise $225 for your 501c3. EIN, employer identification number, it's not that difficult. It'll take 15 minutes. Hopefully, if you're an adolescent, have a guardian by your side, just to make sure you're legally doing everything right. It's not that difficult. Once, or if you get your 501c3, there are actually four different fields that you have to fill out, four different types of forms, which I was not aware about prior. There's a 501c3, 501c, 501c4, and a 501c3 easy form. You have to figure out what sort of company you're running. Because believe it or not, nonprofits fall under a company basis, legally speaking.
1: You have to be a corporation or an LLC, partnership, a sole corporate, a sole independent. There's so many different things that you have to choose.
0: Yes. And the hardest part in finding this is. Let's say you are a nonprofit. You want to do some volunteering based thing. You could also be an incubator, which has its own paperwork. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of paperwork you have to hustle through, which I personally wouldn't think it would make much sense if, let's say, your idea, sad to say, it happens, but it fails. You can say that I am so glad that I didn't put too much legal paperwork in the effort, I helped a lot of people and I'm so glad I did. Now I can make my idea stronger before I pitch it again, before I ask people to join. Never give up is something that's extremely important. In fact, I can say I even have a quote. Right now, we are becoming aware that the major questions of technology are not technical questions, but rather human questions. If you know who this is from, this is from Peter Drucker, one of my icons, which is why I can tell you a quote off the top of my head. But what this means is that nonprofits are more applicable today than anywhere else in any other century. And the saddest part is philanthropy at the current moment is declining. After COVID, Honestly, we have become more closer than ever. And that is the best thing that society could ever have had. COVID killed a lot of people. We just now learned to not take things that we used to have for granted. We're able to talk to people again. We're able to help people again. There has been more nonprofits starting and honor societies starting than ever before. And because of this, I can say that nonprofits are now even easier to build, which is absolutely amazing. Corporates are now, if they do it properly, corporate philanthropy can be one of the biggest and best things that not only corporates can do, but for society and for nonprofits. There's a new act passing, the ESG Act, which is gonna be starting in June, in which ESG, everybody knows about the environmental policies there's even a social policy there that if companies are able to help and finance nonprofits, they're going to have higher scores, higher investments, and they're going to have even more money than they have ever had before, which will only come back to society again, which is even better. So basically, long story short and long inspiring speech, I'd cut this off. But Don't give up to anybody who's listening, anybody who wants to start their own nonprofit, anybody, no matter what age, even a 10-year-old or somebody who's reaching their deathbed, who's going to be 90 or 100 years old. Anybody and everybody can make a difference. Just don't give up.
1: And that is very good advice. So. What's interesting is, so, you know, this is your third nonprofit that you've started. So, yes. a lot of people don't really necessarily clue in the fact that a nonprofit is a business. A business is not a nonprofit, but you've now launched to some degree or another three whole businesses. You have figured right. out how to get yourself compliant with our IRS government guidelines so that you can pay taxes or not pay taxes in your case of a nonprofit. You've figured out how to uh, shield yourself by actually putting together what type of company you are, and those are amazing things. I mean, I was an entrepreneur when I was a kid, but it was more so about sales and selling and things along those lines versus the true business that you're structuring. And that's what most people are doing. Most people are dabbling versus actually launching companies. So what you've done is really impressive. No matter. Where this takes you, because your next project that you work on, if this is not the end-all be-all, it could be, is you're going to be able to get there faster on your next one because you knew what you learned from this one. And you're going to keep on building that through your career. And that's why people should be listening to you right now, because it's not just creating a relationship with you, who you are right now. You are obviously a remarkable young woman who has a vast future ahead of her. So that's going to be exciting for everyone to be able to see.
0: I'm very excited to see where future takes me. Mm
1: -hmm. So with corporate philanthropy, how did you decide who would be the right companies, the right brands to go out to and talk to? And how did you, I know you put together Canva presentations, but how did you, and you rehearsed, but how did you figure out what they might find beneficial so that they would donate?
0: That's amazing. Those are absolutely amazing questions. So trying to figure out your brand is definitely a very difficult thing. Personally, I spent three whole months on figuring out what color scheme to pick. So I would say that websites color schemes are very, very difficult because that is who you are. So you could just imagine how more difficult it would be to find partners at who you can support, who you can trust. So what I decided to do was I have actually formed a team, which is known as a partner team. There they get actual assignments in which they will have to do full ground research just on where this partner stands, what are their ideas, their missions, what have they done? And what is the latest media? Like our latest one that we got was Google. We got into Grow with Google programs, which I am so, so proud of my whole nonprofit to do because one person cannot run a nonprofit. I would say I have 300 people working with us right now. And I am absolutely dedicated passionate, committed to my mission as much as I know they are. They're the thing that makes me make sure that I'm doing the things right. So from this, they did a whole Google background on Google which is very ironic. They had a full Google search history. They did full Google press. We learned that Bard is Google's new AI which we got a great chance to look at and we will use soon. Mm -hmm. And we realized that Google is an amazing humanitarianism. They started a full nonprofit program just to help digital aid, digitalist programs and veterans, which is something that we have been very passionate about. Considering we ourselves as our mission is just to spread STEM internationally. The United States has actually been finding a humongous decline in digital arts forever there was never digital arts as a thing Mm -hmm. until now which is humongous in its marketing and has over 10,000 jobs that are readily available so considering it fell under our stem curriculum as it is t technology we wanted to try and give back so we filled out a ton of applications with the grow with google program and we realized that digital arts, while it's vastly different from what we usually do, it's a great way to give back to the community right now. Something that we can see rather than trying to make an impact in third world countries Mm -hmm. or try to start another program with it, that is. And then another thing that we do look at for our own partners is how we can collaborate with them. We Usually break down to three types of partners. One is funding, one is collaboration, and one is advertising. Our collaborations would be like Lotus Test Prep or the Azad India Foundation, or even Save International. These people, they are the people who are helping make the kits. Like, let's say Lotus Test Prep, for example. They are an organization filled with professors from U of H, Rice, and a few amazing colleges. They're here sitting all in a row and are trying to make sure that people who are not as fortunate as us are able to get a proper math education. And in the Azad India Foundation, they're absolutely amazing. They're the people who distribute and ship to over hundred villages, make sure that more girls, more kids in general who are parts of villages, they're able to get an education. Because before we started working with them, their schools were from makeshift temples. They used to use the temples as schools near the night and in the morning it would be a temple, which I'm glad that they did for so long because people are able to get some sort of education, but it's not really fit for that matter. They had no pencils, they had no tables, they had no chairs. Most people were just standing up and then working. And they had no sort of unity in study. And also the fact that only boys went to that school was also a little bit irritating in my idea and belief. And another partner, like Google, they work with our collaboration advertising because obviously Google is a humongous name. Mm-hmm. Collaborations would be like Lotus Test Prep, Azad Foundation, absolutely amazing. Funding is how nonprofits work, and fundings are things that we will need from day to day basis. We are working with Delta flights right now to get some funding from them, and yes, that is very odd that we would be working at such a corporate level. Why? You won't really able to realize how a connection between a nonprofit and airlines could ever be connected, and that's a great question and a great thing to think about. And the truth is most of the funding that we get, they don't really help. Like they don't go with any target background. We aren't able to sort of monitor our funding only because we're at such a small scale at the current moment. There are obviously going to be companies which we will have to decline because they don't have the best press or they're known for any sort of bad media like, Child servitude or child labor. But we don't really have any closed lines when it comes to any sort of donations from nonprofits or even donations from corporates. And that's the thing that people will need to consider in a 501c3, aka a nonprofit. Because you don't, figures cannot be choosers. That's the saying that is very, very accurate in this statement because money is extremely important. It's used to run everything. And while you aren't able to sort of control the companies you're able to get money from, there are other partners which you can't work with, like collaborators or advertisers. These are the people who spread out your name and make sure that you're branded correctly.
1: And how are you working with brands and advertisers, corporations to have them help leverage who you all are and expanding them through their own platforms? What have some of the companies done for you?
0: So what have they done? Great question. First thing would be that a few of them, they've put our names on their websites mm-hmm. and others are that whenever they work with their Instagrams, they'll put that few sign contracts for collaborators. Now they would put like a full Instagram shout out For my nonprofit, particularly, we have keyed in our focus on Instagram, social media. And I would say that it's working very well because we get most of our volunteers through there. One of the key things you'll need, I know, I'm sorry, I'm delineating this question a bit, but I forgot to mention that whenever you start a nonprofit, you'll need to figure out your target group. Nonprofits are not like corporates in which you can hire people, you'll need to get volunteers. And based on that, you'll need to reach out to particular social medias. Like if you're aiming for let's say teenagers or adolescents like me, you'll need to reach them through Instagram, frankly. Or if you're going to be trying to reach out to adults who while they're also on Instagram, most of them would probably prefer Facebook or LinkedIn Usually LinkedIn, because it's more of a professional network communications, that's how I reach out through most of my professors. And if you're looking for an even younger age group, let's say elementary schoolers, for instance, there are a lot of nonprofits who do do that. At this current moment, I don't think they have social media, so I'm sorry about that, but you could always try to reach out to their parents or through schools. I know from a fact and personal experience that they, they would love to help allow people to make such a big impact in their community.
1: Well, everything that you've said and while you have very specifically said this is how it works for a nonprofit, still how it works for a for-profit as well, business. Mm-hmm. So You're going to want to segment and target your audience and figure out whether it's someone that you are selling to or asking for something, whether that's time and hours and energy to donate or to volunteer, you're going to want to make sure that you appeal to them. And I think what is so appealing for you and you're getting so many Um, younger volunteers is because you are the face of it. This would not be the same organization if an adult was running it. You actually are the one that's inspiring other kids to get involved because you're serving by example. And so that is what's making you the face of change because it's not just the idea you had um, to help make sure STEM education is available in third world impoverished countries. It's how do you actually unite your age group behind you to help support and rally behind and drive this forward. So that's what you've done really, really well.
0: I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course. And so- I would like to say as well, I did do a lot of research on you. You are an amazing CEO and I read about your stories about how you started Hollywood Branding. It's very inspiring,
1: by the way. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So let me ask you this, how many people do you think you've impacted between your volunteer base, the companies you've worked with, and those you've been able to actually donate to? Have you ever done those kind of rough calculations or even any of those subset of groups?
0: So I have done my kids' calculations. We Mm -hmm. have donated to 40 people at the current moment. Sad to say our program is on low budget. We are trying to get funds and hopefully continue back at that. Our tutoring based programs at the current moment, we have tutored over 300 kids in India, and that's only with one country. We have now expanded to Nigeria, and I've not calculated that yet. And
1: for what other questions do you ask? Uh, even with companies, how many companies have you worked with?
0: That's a I have never calculated the companies itself because I know that a lot of like clients, they do work with us as well as volunteers. That's a very interesting thing. I would definitely do that after this call, right. but I've not done that yet.
1: And then what's your goal? How much money do you want to raise so that you can fund your nonprofit to help more people?
0: I would say always more money, the better. But if I did have to choose a goal it would be $1,800. That is at the current top of my mind only because that is how much money we need for the next shipment of 50 kids.
1: And that's so going for to be- 50 children to impact them, to help 50 children have improved life, to have improved learning opportunities, it will cost about $1,008 or exactly so. Yes. Okay. So that's easy to be able to see a scale of that. So if you put in any sort of multipliers as you wanna scale up, it's very easy to see how many people you'll impact at 10,000 or 100,000 or even more.
0: That's absolutely correct, yes. And if we continue on with our programs, soon we're gonna be offering scholarships, which I am gonna be even more excited about because we can get kids who have proven themselves academically, physically, And most importantly, with passion, because that's what I idolize the most. You'll be able to get them a United States fully based funded education, which will definitely not only change them, but their families and their villages as well. And why I can say that it doesn't only impact one person. One thing is that my parents, they're from a village. My dad was one of the first people who actually got out of the village and into the United States. He is 100% an amazing person. So is my mother in that case and instance. Mm-hmm. They're able to get an amazing education. They proved themselves. And now once we go back to Bihar in our village, they're able to say that we came to the United States, we're able to give education to not only our family, that is me, my sister, my Mother who already had a great education and a college degree, same for my father. We're also able to give it to our cousins who aren't always as fortunate as we are. And to our, in this case, we do call them servants. They're not called servants in the medieval standards. The people who are like our sweepers, the cook, able to help and give them an education as well and we're able to touch so many different people. This is one family. Now imagine hundreds of families just working together because that's what our volunteer base is. That's why I can't lie. I have to say that when anybody tries to ask me just how much of an impact I've made, the thing is I really can't tell you a number because I know for a fact that Number-based, I've given this many kids to somebody. But I also know that their families have changed. If you have siblings, the books are going to get passed down to the siblings. There's going to be parents who are very interested in like, oh, wow, what is my child studying? They're going to try to learn basic English, which could help them get jobs, help them get out of poverty. Or also vice versa, whenever you're going to ask a volunteer, I made it a point to all my volunteers that if they're not passionate about any sort of mission that we're doing, they're not going to volunteer with us. Mm-hmm. One of my first interview questions, and I do give interviews, I always ask them that why are they interested in THT? And more importantly, what are they willing to give to the community? What are they interested in? And based on that, I match them to a team because I would like them to care about what they do. And them just caring, that changes a person because they're more committed to something as a mission rather than if you're trying to volunteer to just fill hours for an honor society, which I've seen so many people do.
1: Well, most people need to have a resume for their college that has said that they have fulfilled X number of hours. So that is pretty, Typical, I think, across all of America.
0: Yeah, and it's very unfortunate.
1: Well, I think it's fantastic that you have found passion and that you're helping inspiring so many other people. How can our listeners find out about you? Where do they go if they want to make a donation? And remember here, people, it's about $20 to help one child. That's what you're looking at with her breakdown. So you can actually help change lives. And you can help change lives right now with this, with Tricia. So Tricia, how do they find you? Where do they find your website?
0: Yes. So you could just search us up, teachhertoday.org. If you'd like me to spell it out, it would be T-E-A-C-H, H-E-R-T-O-D-A-Y.org. That is going to be our website. We have our donations page there. You could also just reach out on our Instagram. We would love to just connect with you if you would like to volunteer. Donations and money, absolutely amazing but that's also one of the only, not the only ways that you can work and change lives. We would love for anybody who'd like to reach out, to just volunteer and I will give you an interview. I apologize. It is not that hard. I expect one resume and I will just ask what you're interested in. Please have the resume really well though because I also sent that to my executive board, so.
1: There's more eyes on it than just yours. Yes, there is. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights and your wisdom that you've gleaned because what you've learned can help someone at any age. It's not just something that's going to help other teens. Um, and I truly, truly wish you phenomenal success in all of your endeavors because I think the world is waiting for you to make a big difference.
0: Thank you so much.
1: And And I would love
0: to come to the podcast again, if you would like me, I would like to include that.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of marketing mistakes and how to avoid them. I know we didn't really dive into mistakes so much that we're marketing, but they are business mistakes. And they're fundamental mistakes that people make on a day-to-day basis when they're founding a company. And Trisha here has actually learned how to overcome a lot of challenges that most of us find. So please heed her advice and take a listen and find your passion so that you can help inspire others in whatever you're endeavoring to do. And until next week, when we chat again, if you have any questions about how you want to get your brand more interwoven into movies or TV shows or working with celebrities or influencers, remember to reach out to my team at Hollywood Branded. We look forward to talking to you and have a great one. Thank you so much.